0: Hi, it's Dave. I'd like to introduce a three-part series of videos from a conversation I had with Zach and Jesse Cotaldo. They run a YouTube channel, Now You Know, about Tesla and renewable energy. Every week they present Tesla Time News, which is an in-depth look at the latest Tesla happenings. Today, I'm releasing part one where we discuss Tesla competition and what makes Elon Musk so unique. Parts two and three will come tomorrow and the day after. These conversations are my attempt of trying to go beneath the surface of things and understand the world around us better. Um, What's your guys' take on competition? Um, Let's say... You know going forward three four five years into the future do you see any kind of like legitimate competing players you know in the auto market especially in the u.s
1: i don't not really well the the sucky part especially in the, about the u.s is we were set back four years um th- there's a reason that pretty much all the new evs are, are going to europe it's because they had the standards uh they have the emission standards and Uh, we're seeing just now like with honda honda you know couldn't ramp the model uh, couldn't ramp the honda e the model e the model three hello uh but you know uh and so therefore has to pay tesla for the regulatory credits and it it's a significant amount we don't know what it's going to be but if it's anything like fca it's billions of dollars straight to your competition um or i assume it would be even more to regulators um so they're you know all these companies, the only reason that they're making EVs is because of the European uh, emission standards, and so that's why in the U.S. we're like, where are all these electric cars? You know, why don't I get the E? Why don't I get the ID3? It's like, yeah, they're coming. We'll go put them to you later, and they'll give us numbers of like, or they'll give us you know timeframes of when to expect it, but they could push back those timeframes whenever. So uh, the timeframes have constantly been pushed back for me, and I've just been like so unimpressed with the competition because of that and just goes to innovation i mean these car companies are used to giving us just little tiny new improvements every year so that we don't um have the osborne effect basically which is that we don't wait for this model um and they're not used to innovating at the speed that elon's innovating because he's not in- innovating at a linear speed he's innovating at an exponential speed right which means that they're they're just and
0: they're they, not haven't, ready for that. they haven't
1: caught up which means that they have to do a step change in order to be anywhere close right. and that's really hard to do. Uh, They're basically trying to buy their way into these step changes, you know, Ford with Rivian, uh, GM with, uh, you Nikola. know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's just it, like, just what you, the joke of it, where, where, you know, where can we possibly buy what we want, because we're so used to buying well, our suppliers, you know. Like, I mean, and look back at the fifty million that Daimler put into Tesla to get themselves into an electric smart car, or that uh, Toyota bought in to get an electric Rav4. And those were just for the Californian market, right. because the California, uh, you know, the CARB uh, set such high regulations. They were only doing it for the regulations. And when you see a company being led by a stick, or not led, you know, hit with a stick to move forward it's they don't make the best things and and tesla almost transcends the carrot in a way you know one of the biggest things that tesla has is something we hardly ever talk about because it seems so not sexy which is the supercharger network and it's one of those things you can't talk about to a non-tesla driver they don't know what you're talking about you can say it over and over but if you say to a, a chevy bolt owner how do you charge when you drive to maine they're just like uh, I plug into a level two charger right. and you're like, but you don't do that in a Tesla. You, you charge for 15 minutes right. and they don't get it till they do that trip to Maine. And then they go, oh, it's really a pain, isn't it? So the supercharger network is this huge innovation that Tesla has. All these other car companies point to um, electrify America, electrify America and, I, and Ionity and stuff. And they're like, well, see, there's a charging network. We've used it. It's not the same. Right. Uh, it sounds maybe the same because you have dots on a map, but it's not the same right when you get there it's not the same in in just the way that it works i mean a tesla supercharger is so smooth in, in in one sense and you're like okay who cares you know you're a customer you're you're used to going to a gas pump for goodness sake but smooth in the fact that there are hardly any hiccups most of the time um and there aren't you know you're not looking at a screen you know oh, i put in my card now i take it out a blip a thing did it work um None of that. It's just, Mm -hmm. you just, it's like the, and we've gone to some, uh, you know, Electrify America chargers where they just aren't working that day. It's like, you're just out of luck. You're just out of luck. it's like, oh, well, (laughs) if I ever have an experience like that, that shakes me to my core. I'm like, I can't travel. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. We've been to, I think, one Tesla supercharger where it didn't work, but this was after we've been to a hundred and, 50 superchargers and just use them constantly and rely on them uh, on vast long road trips drive seven miles to to the next one right this one was in a dense supercharger area so like yeah we've had one bad experience with superchargers but it was after hundreds of other uh, good experiences so that really i think is this really hard to measure thing because you'd need to conduct some study of like you know, all the people who are going to use Electrify America and be like, you know, how was your charging session? Did it work? Did you have to move to a different thing? Did you have to call? Did you all of this stuff? And I think it'd be a great study. um, And compare that to the supercharger network. I think that you'd see a complete discrepancy in quality. um, And even if it were slightly different, that level of confidence difference would be astronomical to the amount of like how a consumer is going to feel about their car right
0: yeah i think um i think what's interesting with these oems is they're not really tech companies or innovation companies like their focus over dozens and dozens of years is more massive logistics you know moving operations you know supply chain management and
1: that's that's what they should be called is supply chain
0: management yeah exactly and And a lot of the the stuff that improving the parts, they're just using their supply chain, you know, and then these the the suppliers are improving parts. But I think in the midst of like massive innovation and disruption, it's like those type of players have like basically almost no chance because like first you have the electric vehicle right revolution that's shifting entire powertrain right away from fossil fuels to battery, then you have this whole autonomous driving revolution which is completely software and tech and AI and machine learning, all that. And then on top of that, you have like this battery revolution, right? Massive like improvements and scale and batteries. And, and then on top of that, like you have this whole factory revolution that Tesla's doing, which is like, you know, recreating factories, but like in this super efficient way. and and Tesla's, I think this is often underappreciated. They're, on the road to radically transforming what happens in a factory and what a factory really is, you know, with robotics, software, AI, all this stuff. Right. And when you look at all of these individual disruptive changes that are happening on a massive scale and you expect these auto OEMs who have like only expertise in supply chain management operations yeah. logistics, right? To have a chance. It's just like, oh man, it's like a, it feels like it's going to be like a bloodbath. You know, it's just, I don't know what, what it do you guys think. It is. Well, because
1: at every one of those steps, it'd be one thing if these were all startup companies and they're all all out of the gate and here they go. Uh, But they're not. They're these big, massive things, this big ball and chain. And the big ball and chain is is gas car sales, um, which you might think is is the ball and chain is ahead. And that's great until, uh uh-oh. I can't move any further, right. you know. Like uh, every every step I take is one step backwards because I'm no longer selling those gas cars because exactly. now I have to switch to electrics. We, so, we liken that to you know being out in the forest, being stuck in a bear trap, and it's like they have to just chew off their leg and they won't do it.
0: Yeah, um, yes, fascinating. Like the historic changes we're seeing, you know, um, in the markets. Um, what's one of the things I, I look at with these OEMs is. I don't think there's going to be a co- competition for Tesla until these OEMs come up with an EV that's at the same price and same same or better performance than their existing IC vehicles. Meaning, like take BMW with the BMW 3 Series. If BMW is serious of, of having a chance, they need to come up with a BMW, like whatever they call it, but it needs to be as good as their 3 Series IC vehicle, but you know at the same price or cheaper and better performance. Right? And right. part of that is the supercharger network. Without that, like you don't have that performance, meaning you just don't have the, the confidence to travel long distance. And so it's like what's concerning is like how long it's taking these OEMs to realize that it, uh, we need a supercharger network. We need a compelling vehicle that's better than right. our IC vehicles. And it just seems like they're they're just every year they're digging, you know, the, the dirt they're digging their grave, you know, deeper and deeper without really, you know, making progress. And they're
1: seeing the wrong things because I, I know for a fact that, you know, if the, you you know they came out with a comparable car and like you said they don't have a network. Um, right now, uh, with Electrify America, there's so few drivers using it that the capacity is swell. Uh, ho ho! There's I can I can go and there's never anyone there. So I. I'm almost guaranteed a spot to charge. Most of the uh, chargers have like four fast charging stalls, which is at least half of most Tesla supercharging stations, if not a third. Um, So that would be a huge issue when you start to have enough uh, drivers using it. Then it comes to the reliability aspect of those chargers themselves.
0: I mean, this is one of the things that, I think is exciting me the most nowadays is this idea of Elon spanning multiple industries but doing like unbelievable things like in each of those industries. But when I think about it, it's like the things he's doing, it's on a humanity level, like on a kind of existential level, right? And for one person to work on one of those things in their lifetime is quite amazing. But for someone to do it on multiple like levels, like existential level problems. And then to go about that with a solution that is like, very, in a way, product-driven. So it's working with the system of capitalism and, the, and ec- economics to provide uh, kind of an outrageously compelling product. I right? mean, look at that with, let's say, the Model 3. You look, you know, with that, like with the uh, with Starlink, you know, it's like, what is this, you know? And he does this consistently across all of his, and what Neuralink is trying to do is just like this astonishing, you know, product that is going to make money. It's actually going to be a business model, right? Yeah. And these aren't small business models. These are trillions of dollars of business models that are solving existential, right, hu- humanity problems yeah. in unbelievable ways where the normal person just can't, grasp it and believe it right Right. and this is happening right before our eyes in history and i think about it i'm like has there really been like many other people like this like elon musk and the the companies he's founding and the things that are happening right now like this is something quite unique and special you know on a historical level and i'm not sure if like people are in general are really catching what's really happening before our our own eyes like what do you guys think
1: yeah, I mean, we, we've dedicated the past four years of our lives, and you know, we do a show every single week called right. Tesla Time News, and that's, you know, it's not called EV News. We we understand this. It'll uh, be practically called the Elon News. Right. It, he's got, I mean, his brand is developing still. Like, him as a brand, to move it up in the world, I think that we can. Uh, say but wait till we kind of break through when we have a breakthrough moment um, and it could be the robo taxi network it could be a number of other things Starlink included um, but when he, when his personal brand breaks through kind of I would say the Steve Jobs level imagine if Steve Jobs were actually solving humanitarian uh, things or humanity scale issues instead of just the iPhone which was huge and people Love to death him. He th- They think that he's the best person that has ever lived. Imagine when they actually realize what Elon has been doing. Yeah. And not only that, but also the absolute grit and drive that he's been showing this whole time uh being able to go back and look and see, like, oh, my gosh, he was sleeping on the factory floor. They almost went out of business a bunch of times. He, he was scrapping his last money. Yeah, you know, and... He was fighting so hard to do this. And look where we've gotten. I think that those things are also going to be uh, helping anything that Tesla does or touches. Um, because
0: I think it's undeniable even now
1: that he is a brand uh, is adding value to Tesla. I think there's so much pushback against him because it, he makes other leaders of companies look like crap I gotta be honest like he's he's making more money than they are and yet He's not doing it to make more money It, it shows us that our system that we have now was designed by a bunch of you know Harvard MBAs back in the 80s about counting beans and that's not how you should run a company That's how you run a company to like make it more efficient I guess after it's gotten through its growth phase, but that's not how you grow new companies and I think we're going to be, you know, learning about Elon's methods for decades and centuries to
0: come. It's interesting, like, um, when I think about, like, my own investing and kind of like this, the opportunities that we have, let's say, that come along where we can invest in a generational company, a company that just, like... You know, defines or a whole generation is using its products and loving its products and etc. It's like it's not often that that happens but then it's also not often that a company from a person like Elon Musk you know, is available where you can participate in it and part of me is like when I look out 10 years down the road I'm like do I want to be invested in Elon and what he's doing? You know, and it's right. like a pretty obvious question. You know, I mean, pretty yeah, obviously answer. He's kind of
1: Here's... ruined other investing for me because I I want to diversify because I've learned early on like I guess you should diversify. But then I look around and I'm like, all these other CEOs don't seem to even get it. So why would I invest in them? You know, <laughs> it almost like pity diversifying. Yeah, exactly. um, you almost get the sense uh, to a certain extent that you're all. O- o- it's almost like you're investing in humanity. Yeah, that. If if what I'm doing now gets us to Mars and Mars means that human humanity is you know twice as safe against uh, total annihilation, you're like, I've never been able to do that before with an investment. Like you, you might have, I don't know if you maybe you thought like, oh, I'll invest in Raytheon and that'll protect my country or something like that. But I don't think anyone's ever said like. This will protect humanity in quite the same way. And I don't think humanity has ever faced such existential threats, um, aside from uh, nuclear holocaust and uh, climate change. Um, it never was at that level. But now that we are at that level, having a leader that is uh, pushing through at least some of those uh, feelings is uh, really beyond what we're used to i think we were looking for a leader it hasn't come from politics we were looking for a jfk type leader who would give us a big goal to work towards and we just haven't had it for decades so now we finally get that and i think a lot of us have just gotten excited again because we're like well we don't have to vote for the guy but we can kind of vote with our shares
0: yeah i mean i agree on a lot of aspects of that because like in some ways what elon is doing with with Tesla, with SpaceX and some of its other companies, it's really like country level, you know, like, yeah. and even not just one country, like world, global level, like the impact yeah. that Tesla is having, but will have potentially in the next mm-hmm. decade uh, in terms of climate change. It's, this is like not just a small company. This is like, right. we're talking about impact of many, many countries, you know, if not more. And you- for, go
1: to not—I to, mean—to not to go too nuts, but I mean, you could almost replace some of the things that, like, replace the United Nations with the word Tesla or Elon or SpaceX. Like, the United Nations is launching satellites to provide internet to, around the world. You'd be like, oh, yes, of course, that makes sense. The United Nations is building electric cars to prevent climate change. You'd be like, hmm, well, of course, that kind of makes sense. Uh, but and yet, no, it's it's pretty much one guy uh, pushing to do all of these things uh, along with. You know, thousands of other people, but uh, tiny in the scale of, of the number of people who do want to do the right things, who are part of governments, uh, presumably uh, for the right reasons and to, to make the world better. And all the people of all the world's NGOs and nonprofits, it's just like, wow, that this guy is able to accomplish some of these things that uh, could be some of the most impactful uh, human activities ever and it just makes you mad at other corporations because you look at them and You're like well you were bigger than Tesla when they started and you already had experience doing a lot of this stuff And yet you didn't have any goal to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean I it's, it's that whole point you're making about the whole mission driven kind of focus of Elon and his companies whereas these other companies you look at what are you really trying to do? you know, like is it just really just making some money returning to shareholders? Like just growing the company, like what, what, what are you all about? But when you like look at Tesla, it's like so glaring and also with SpaceX, et cetera, it's like the mission, it defines the company, you know, and everything is geared around that mission. And it's so unique in a sense and different in our world of capitalism and just, you know, money and greed and just grow, grow, whatever. It's something okay. that is seen, hey, that's not the most important thing, is just to grow a company, you know, <laughs> there are bigger problems at hand. But then you combine that with kind of this whole business aspect, the product, the business model, this whole other engine where you're not just trying to solve global problems through a nonprofit. Right. And through educational literature out there, you're actually using the power of the market of capitalism and products and services to build billions of dollars, if not eventually trillions of dollars of revenue. Right. And that and to <laughs> solve these problems. It's just, it's mind blowing in some ways. It's like, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> well, it's yeah. also
1: mind blowing that he's told us what the plan is. Like, I'm using Starlink as a cash cow to make money to get me to Mars. Like, I don't really, I just, this is an easy one. Like, and that's amazing to think about, because for most people, that's, that's like a hard problem to crack. And yet he's like, oh, I can already see how that's going to work. And it is working before our eyes. And you had companies that wanted to do similar things. You had Facebook trying to develop, you know, solar drones to provide Internet around the world. And it's like and you didn't do it, you're Facebook, right? You have all the money in the world, there's nothing stopping you, and yet you weren't able to accomplish it. Yeah, and this goes back to, I mean, Facebook, it's owned by Zuckerberg, but I mean, all other companies, they're just beholden to their shareholders who want a quarterly answer. Okay, what's going on this quarter? And if you run a company like that, you're just not seeing the distance. Uh, You're just looking down at the road, you know, the next 20 feet. Right. And I I feel feel like like it's the same thing with investments.
0: I hope that conversation was helpful. If it was, please consider liking the video to help spread the word and also subscribing to my channel for future updates. Part two and three of the series will be coming out in the coming days. On my channel, we're looking at the world through various lenses, trying to get beneath the surface of things. All my YouTube videos are also available as an audio podcast. Just search for Dave Lee on Investing at your favorite podcast. Cast app. Also, I'm active on Twitter and my handle is HeyDave7. I hope to see you in my next video. Thanks.